Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Can we talk about some of the guys with injuries because like I'm dying to know how Rashawn looks I saw him kind of jogging around and like I think like like when two of your starters and like major key contributors have as gruesome injuries as him and Eric Stokes did last season like you wonder and I think I mean you and I even talked about this on this on our Pagaday um, episode this week like where they start again this season is like really up in the air right like they're saying Rashawn wants to start week one ACL like literally who knows I mean I think as Packers fans we're all aware that timelines after ACLs can be you know not as uh, advertised but like they're obviously up in Green Bay they're working out in some capacity whatever works for their like comeback schedule but like how did they look to you how much are they doing in these practices um, yeah. you could probably can't, I mean, you're, you've said it, you're not a doctor, you can't glean too much, but I am curious, like what it looks like for guys coming back from injury. Yeah. Here's how much of not a doctor that I am. Um, when David Bakhtiari missed the entirety of the season, like he was coming back from his ACL and he missed the entire year up until the, like what, 15 snaps in the Detroit game or something like he was doing work off to the side. And I think it was an OTA or a mini camp, or maybe it was early training camp, some point in there in off season. I'm like, man, he looks freaking awesome. Like he is like, he's moving around, he's cutting. Like, I'm like, this guy, this guy looks like he's going to be back sooner rather than later. And he missed the entire season and only played 15 <laughs> steps in the Detroit Lions game this year. I'm like, I'm watching the, like one of the first OTA, it was last week's OTA and Eric Stokes is moving around pretty darn well. And he's like moving around and he's cutting. And then we find out like a minute after that, that like he had just started running like a few days beforehand. It's like, oh, so he has a long ways to go yet. So like, it's so hard to tell with these guys because they're such insane athletes, right? Yeah. Like doing anything for them looks so incredible that like to try to discern of like, oh, but there's this little like, you know, I have no idea. Right. But I will say just seeing Rashawn and uh, Eric Stokes out there with the training group moving around, you know, obviously getting some workouts in, you can see them both doing more than jogging and like doing some stuff like that. I think that's a phenomenal sign. And the thing I mentioned um, on an episode, I think it was maybe last week is that I love how Rashawn is being such a huge leader, even just from the sideline. And you can, you can feel his, you know, his, his impact and the presence that he has, even when he's just off to the side. And um, you really love to see that from him. And I think, He's going to bring that intensity every single day, whether he's on the sideline doing, you know, work with a trainer, he's still going to bring that energy to the defense. And I think that's a a huge step that he's taken as a leader of this group. I didn't know. uh, Maybe I missed it. I know Perry and I had talked about it before, um, not knowing the official announcement as to what Eric Stokes injury was. And when I listened to Packers Unscripted, uh, Wes had mentioned that it was a Liz Frank injury, which is, you know, really significant to come back from, especially bundled with a knee injury. So the fact that he is, you know, up and running and seems to be uh, looking like he might be on pace for, you know, camp is really impressive stuff. 
I worry. Yeah. I mean, I hope that it goes as smoothly as humanly possible. And I hope he comes back the same player, but like his speed was literally his like ace. You know what I mean? Like that was like his kind of like trait that made him stand out and also kind of allowed him to overcome some of his like rookie bumps in the road. And so I hope that he doesn't lose that through this injury because it's always a possibility. Yeah, you beat me to it, right? Because like his four three forty speed is really his yeah. superpower. Like you said, it's his ace in the hole. And there were multiple times, even his rookie year, where he's beat on the play. But oh, guess what? I have a four three forty speed. I can just catch up and knock the ball away. And if all of a sudden that changes to a four five forty, like that's a totally different player. Yeah, that's a totally yeah. totally different player. And now maybe that forces him to become a much better technician at the position. I loved. I think it was Ryan, Ryan Wood had an article. Uh, for Packers news on Eric Stokes and Eric Stokes said he hated his tape from last year. And I love hearing that from Eric Stokes because his tape wasn't good last year, especially in the run game. He was not attacking his gaps, not with the intensity and vigor that you would expect from a Georgia Bulldog defensive back and what they demand out of their defensive backs. And sometimes players are immune to that. They don't hear it. They just think they're constantly good and they're not improving. So the fact that he was disappointed in himself for the tape that he put out there, that gives me a lot of hope that moving forward, he's going to really make a concerted effort to learn the more technical sides of the game. And listen, when you are a first round draft pick and you come in as a rookie and you have a pretty darn good rookie season. Now, I think everyone knew there was still a level that Eric could get to that he wasn't even close to in his rookie year. He had a pretty darn good rookie season for a rookie corner in the NFL that got pushed into a starting spot almost immediately and really held up all. It was basically corner one for a good chunk of that season. And all of a sudden, your first-round pick, you hold up your first year in the NFL. You got superpower for 340 speed. You're a former Georgia Bulldog. Guess what that made? You know, sometimes you're just like, ah, you know what? This thing's, This whole thing's easy. Like I, the mm-hmm. NFL is easy for me. Like I don't have to work that hard in the off season. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, you get back to your second season and that can be pretty darn humbling very, very quickly. And it sounds like that's maybe what it was a little bit for stuff. And again, I love to hear that because not everyone feels that way. Everyone, a lot of times people make excuses or say it was somebody else's fault. He owned it. And I love seeing that. I'm, I'm very hopeful for him moving forward. And like you said, I hope he can come back clean from that injury because he's got a lot of talent. Yeah, I will say I've read a decent amount and I can't remember who wrote the article about it last season. So I apologize for whatever beat writer did this. But I do remember reading a lot about how this secondary kind of I mean, they didn't play well the first half of the season, just like point blank. Right. We all watch it. They were out of sync. They were not communicating properly. Like things were just like falling apart. And they kind of made a group chat of the secondary, like strictly for watching tape, talking post game, just like learning off the field together. And, you know, we've heard, I think, extensively about how much time Rasul Douglas spends, you know, watching film and things like that. And I just think all of that has probably rubbed off, especially on the younger players like Stokes. So maybe, like you said, Andy, you know, he's like, wow, I played great my, my rookie season. Like I got this thing in the bag, but you're in a room of guys who like really really do like from start to finish everything you're supposed to do as a corner in Jair in Rasul especially when it comes to like the mental side of it and so he it seems like he's in a good influenced like room with that and like they'll help him bounce back so um, I hope it stays that way this season especially with some of like like you said the depth isn't really necessarily there and they're still kind of one injury away from potentially being you know putting Keyshawn Nixon out on the outside and like not knowing what happens. So 
Um, but I think they have like a really good mindset about it. No, I think so too. And I mean, I think, I don't know that Jerry Gray and Joe Barry were on the same page for a, you know, these like the changes were made and hopefully it's ultimately for the better. And that secondary is a much better 2013 than they had or 2023 than that at 2022. Yeah. Um, really quick. I know we're running not, not too long, but we always say we're going to keep these short and then we don't. Um, I was just curious what some of the offensive line alignments were, because I know like Sean Ryan took some snaps at center last week. Not sure if that was one of the, the uh, sessions that was open to the media, but it's, it's always surprising when guys are drafted to play a certain spot and then you see them move, move around quite a bit. And I always love that on the Packers roster on the website, the only person listed as just O-line is Zach Tom. So you figure he can play just about anywhere. Yeah, it's, Zach uh, Tom at right tackle today. Yes, he yes. was. So uh, I think really the, the takeaways from today, um, well, obviously Bakhtiari and Jenkins were back, but Bakhtiari wasn't doing team stuff. Um, but with Bakhtiari not doing team stuff, they put Caleb Jones at left tackle with the ones. So that was an interesting thing where it seemed like they wanted to keep Zach and Yash on the right side. And it seems like that's going to be the battle for right tackle. So far, we have not seen Zach Tom at center. So for it's not to say that it can't happen. And we've, we have seen him a little bit at right guard, but it hasn't seemed like it's been a competition between John Running Jr. and Zach Tom so far. Right now, it seems like this is probably Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, JRJ, and then Zach Tom v. Yash Nyman at right tackle. Interesting that Caleb Jones gets those first left tackle snaps with uh, Bakhtiari being out. Um, so that I think that was interesting. But other than that, you mentioned Sean Ryan last week getting some reps with the center uh, or at center. I think that's more of just like trying to, you know, get people learning different positions as a just in case sort of thing. I think ultimately they probably still see him mostly as a guard. Uh, but yeah, those were probably the, the main takeaways so far. But uh, who knows what's going to happen? I think Zach could still move around a little bit. But so far, it seems like it's going to be Yash versus Zach Tom at right tackle. Do you want to tease at all the article that, or not the article, the video that you had today about the David Bakhtiari uh, post June one uh, trade possibilities or, you know, yeah, just no, leave that for people to hop on pack a day. No, you can obviously, you know, listen to the full, you know, breakdown on, on pack a day, but uh, you know, a couple things, right? So up until this point, there was really no opportunity to trade, you know, David, they could have probably before the restructure, but as soon as they restructured him, there was literally zero opportunity to do it up until June 1st. And while I don't expect this to happen, I don't think it's going to happen. I expect David to be a Packer throughout the season. If he did get traded this year, I think it's probably more towards the trade deadline. If the Packers are for some reason struggling and David's playing great and some team come, you know, comes calling in need of a left tackle, maybe Green Bay considers it at that point. The interesting, there's a couple interesting things here. A, by doing the restructure, they made his contract extremely valuable to other teams. He would only have basically a $2 million-ish cap hit for any team acquiring him this season. So for teams that maybe be you know, a little hesitant of being like, well, this guy's had some major knee injuries and things like that, he'd have a $2 million cap hit this year. I think it's a $21 million cap hit next year for the team acquiring him. And next year's cap hit is completely non-guaranteed. So if he did suffer some sort of injury or if they didn't want to keep him next year, they would any team acquiring him would be able to release him and not have any money off the books. The only risk that you would have would be any compensation that you would give up to Green Bay in the trade. So that part of it makes it a little bit interesting. Obviously, you have the Aaron Rodgers-Bakhtiari connection. <laughs> You know, with, you know, the the Jets, you know, they've got Dwayne Brown at left tackle coming yeah. off the worst season of his career. He's overaged at this point. 
and the upgrade that you would have from Dwayne Brown to David Bakhtiari would be pretty massive. And the crazy thing is, is they can save almost 9 million by cutting Dwayne Brown. A lot of it would accelerate into next year's cap. So they would have some dead money uh, next year, but they would save almost 9 million. They would have 2 million by trading for David Bakhtiari. They would gain 7 million. Guess what? They got Quinn and Williams. They need to sign as well. And that they need some Mm -hmm. additional money for. So like going from Dwayne Brown to David Bakhtiari and also saving money so that they can throw more at Quinn and Williams if need be. And, you know, making Aaron Rodgers happy by bringing his favorite person in the world, you know, I guess uh, other than maybe Randall Cobb, who's also <laughs> on the team, you know, like, and, you know, regrouping that together, you could see that happen. The other team that makes some real legitimate sense would be the Kansas City Chiefs. They've got Donovan Smith, who's been okay at best. And yes, Tampa won a Super Bowl with him there. Brady gets the ball out of his hands in what, you know, under one millisecond. You know, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes isn't that same guy. And, you know, he uh, is going to, you know, uh, you, you know, use the, the, you know, five, six seconds at times to get rid of the ball. Do you want Donovan Smith protecting your franchise? You're the best player in the league's blind side, or would you prefer David Bakhtiari out there? I don't think it happens. It's an interesting conversation. Um, if anything, I think it, there's a much better likelihood that it would happen in 2024, more in 2023. But if a team like the Jets or Kansas City came calling and offered something that maybe Green Bay couldn't refuse, knowing that the timeline, like it's almost weird right now seeing David Bakhtiari and Preston Smith out with this group of players because it's just young guy after young guy after new face after new face after like, like it's like everyone's been on the like team like three years or less. And then it's like, oh, yeah, there's David Bakhtiari. Oh, yeah, there's Preston Smith. Those guys are over 30. That's weird. So, like, you can almost, like, feel, like, the like the disconnect in timelines with guys like Preston Smith mm-hmm. and David Bakhtiari out there. And if some team comes calling and says, hey, you know, we'd like, we, we're willing to give up a second-round pick for, you know, David Bakhtiari to protect Patrick Mahomes' blindside this year, Aaron Rodgers' blindside, when those teams are all in, all in on this year. I, again, do I think it happens? No. Do I think Green Bay would at least have to listen in that situation? I think they would. I think they should. Uh, that's all I'll say on it. Wow. Gotta go listen to that episode, huh? Yeah, 30 more minutes on that if you would like the the long and short of it, uh, mostly the long of it. Uh, over yeah. Out. Thanks. I hate yeah. it and I don't <laughs> want them to move him at all because I just think also protecting your young, potentially that- franchise QB is huge for this team. Um, and I think but I, I, under, I understand the argument for sure. I, I totally get it. And if it happened, I probably would also understand. Um, it would just, it would just totally depend on the compensation. And I think that's where it probably becomes a non-starter, right? Because I, I think at the end of the day, Green Bay would need to be sort of blown away because I think there is a value in protecting Jordan Love's blind side in his first year as a starter. Now, they may feel great about Zach Tom and Yash Nyman and feel like we have two starting caliber tackles. Most teams don't have that. So even without Bakhtiari, we still have two. Plus, we have Elton who can kick out and probably play left tackle as well. So we have three starting caliber tackles if we trade away David Bakhtiari. Other teams may, like don't have that, and Green Bay does. So I think it would take a, an offer that Green Bay couldn't refuse because if, it, if some team comes offering like a six round pick, day three pick, Green Bay's going to say, no, we're, we're good. We are totally, totally yeah. good. And there's not like some crazy, like, again, they would save like around 2 million in cap this year. So it's not like they're getting this windfall of cash because they're trading away David Bakhtiari this year. They don't have that either. Um, but, and then, then, then from the other side of things, if you're the chiefs or the, the jets or some other team, you might look at what they like David Bakhtiari literally just woke up one week last year and couldn't play because his knee flared up a little bit. Like you don't know that you're going to get 
you know, 17 weeks out of him, this plus playoffs and beyond. So you're going to be very hesitant to throw a second, like a premium pick at green Bay because of some of the injuries. So matching those things up and trying to find a team that's willing to be aggressive enough and actually give up the compensation that green Bay would need in order to, you know, to actually consider it. And then, you know, having green Bay actually do it, it's just a really tough sell, but it is June 1st now, and it is now the time that if Green Bay did want to do it or some other team did want to be stupid and offer some crazy trade package, um, and not not saying stupid seriously, I'm saying <laughs> facetiously, but give some crazy deal, then this would be the time that they could finally do it. Interesting really, argument. I was going to say really interesting to, to see both sides of it. Any final thoughts from anyone before we wrap? I know there are still OTAs that will continue this week and kind of throughout the month of June, and then we'll have camp and a lot of exciting things to look forward to, but... Any, yeah, Andy, I just want to know, like, you're kind of like overall now it's two weeks in, like, how are you feeling about what you've been seeing? I think it's everything that we have been expecting, meaning that this is a very young team. There is some very intriguing, talented players on this roster, and it's just going to be, there's going to be some, there's going to be some weird lows. And there's going to be some some interceptions. There's going to be some drops. There's going to be some players running wrong routes, and especially right now during this phase of everything, right? But I think we're going to see that throughout the course of this year. We're going to see some of that stuff. We're also going to see Luke Musgrave running up the seam, running up what looks like a four three forty at six six, and just you know running past people at tight end, which we haven't seen since Jermichael Finley. You know, we're going to see Jaden Reed juke some people out. We're going to see Christian Watson do a lot of the things that we saw from a season ago. We're going to get probably still some David Bakhtiari's and some Aaron Jones playing the hits and th- some things that we feel very comfortable with. Jair Alexander shutting people down at corner. We're also going to see some you know young players along the defense that are probably going to make some rookie mistakes. I still think this run defense has a lot of work to do if they want to be better than they were giving up five yards per carry a season ago. So I think this is exactly through two weeks what I would have expected from this team. Some things where you're like, okay, that's that's going to take some time and it's going to be a work in progress. And other things where you're like, man, but this is going to be very fun seeing some of these young players come along at the same time. So kind of exactly as expected so far. Which is good to hear because you don't want to hear that it's worse. And (laughs) (laughs) so we will take it. Andy, thank you so much for joining us, please. I'm sure everybody listening already follows you, but whatever you're working on, whatever you want to plug, any socials, please feel free to do so. Yeah, just follow everything, obviously, on Packaday Podcast, where you can find Maggie and Perry as well. You can follow at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. Uh, but no, appreciate you guys a ton. You guys are killing it. And uh, like I said, no no more long hiatuses between uh, appearances on the Pax What She Said show. Easy for me to say. <laughs> hey, everybody's having their slips today. Uh, mine probably the worst. But that is all the time that we have on today's show. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at PWSS Podcast. And if you are listening to this, please make sure that you check out at Tom Grassi Comedy on Twitter, Tom Grassi on YouTube. He is currently doing his 30 in 30 2023 U.S. Stadium Tour, where he is going to every NFL stadium to try to raise $100,000 for St. Jude. At the time of recording, I believe he's at around $44,000. So he's two days in, and he's almost halfway to his goal. There's a bunch of incentives, um, so you can follow along and see what he's doing. Contribute if you can. The goal, of course, is to hit that 100000 and then blow it out of the water and maybe raise a million. So Tom has to get a tattoo. But uh, make sure you check that out. And thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Go.
Go Pack Go. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.